So welcome back to Renting an Apartment in New York City. My name is Rodolfo Delgado, and I'm here today to interview with Managing Director at DCB Realty, Alexander Sakharin. Alexander is the Managing Director at DCB Realty and also a real estate agent. Alexander, would you mind if I call you Alex for the rest of the interview? Uh, hi, Rodolfo. Thanks for having me here. And yes, please go ahead. It's much easier. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Alex. As I mentioned before, apart from being a managing director, Alex is also an experienced real estate agent and has consistently been a top producer, partially thanks to the fact that he speaks more than five languages, which has allowed him to work with clients from every continent. Alex is also a personal friend of mine and is very approachable, which is why I chose to reach out to him for this interview. Thank you, Rodolfo. Screw it, let's do it. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, by the way, guys, quick disclaimer, this interview is currently being recorded in Madison Avenue in the very center of Midtown Manhattan. So we'll try to keep it as clean as possible, but we do apologize in advance if you hear ambulances or noises in the background. Yeah, Manhattan is noisy. It's yep. the best location, but it's the noisiest one. It's noisy, but they'll get used to it once they arrive, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Alex, I wanted to focus this interview in allowing our listeners to learn what to expect once they arrive to the city and begin their search for an apartment. In your opinion, where would you say or when would you say that their search begins? Um, all right, Rodolfo. Honestly speaking, I think that the search begins way before they come to the city. Okay. Because if you take any big city on the planet, be it, you know Hong Kong, Chicago, London, New York, you have no idea what is inside. So you need to educate yourself before going to the place. So yeah. online sources definitely help. Try to find as much info as you can. Uh, read different sources. That definitely helps. Uh, the biggest challenge here for everyone who just arrived to New York and for the listeners of this podcast, that seems to be, you know, the question because they're probably doing the search already. The most shocking thing would be the price. I mean, you know, any small studio here could start from 2000 all the way to 3000 yeah. or even more. So people are shocked why the price is so high and the apartment is relatively small. I mean, it's probably one of the smallest apartments in Manhattan. New York is so expensive and what yeah. you get for that expensive price is, is still a small apartment. So exactly. imagine yourself coming from Texas, yep. you know, or coming from a city or a country in which you're used to having big spaces. Multi-family house for the same price of the studio. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. In Mexico for the $2,000 you're paying here for a studio, in some cities in Mexico, you can get like a three-story house. With swimming know? pool on every floor. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. yeah, definitely managing your expectation, <laughs> that's the key here. Yeah, that's a, that's a good observation. Okay, so they inform themselves as to what their expectations should be. Now what? They know their expectations now. They're arriving to New York City. So they would probably be asking themselves whether they should find a place by themselves or use an agent who's a professional and would do that. I always recommend find an agent. And you should remember here that it's not always the renter who pays the commission. But of course, it's ultimately the choice. Wait, what do you mean it's not always the renter who pays the renter's commission? Well, in many cases, especially now during the low season, such as November, you know, October, November, December, landlords offer real estate agents incentives to be able to move the properties more quickly. Because right now we still have some inventory left on the market, but because it's the lowest season, not so many people are looking for this apartment. So for the landlord who got a lot of vacant places, vacant properties, they would mm -hmm. rather pay us brokers the commission 
and move it faster than to you know wait until we charge the client. Okay. So in this case, landlords discovering our fees. Is it always the case that they pay the full commission or what is the most common incentive that you see from landlords? Usually landlords would just do one month's fee. We call it OP, owner pays, right? Okay. So it can be one month OP or it sometimes can be two OPs. Okay. It really depends on the season, but on average it's one month OP. That's also really good to know. So, cause I've seen in a lot of listings online offering an OP. So OP means owner's payment. Owner's payment. So owner pays your commission. And if you see the number one before that, that yeah. pretty much means that they cover one month's fee. Okay. Sometimes it can be two. Sometimes it can be more. Okay. It really depends on the season now. So let me get this clear. So, uh-huh. so the landlord is offering one month as a commission to the agent who moves their property, right? Yes. Um, yes. But the standard New York fee is 15% of the annual rent, which right. is usually 1.8% months right right so if the landlord is covering one month who pays the rest right that will depend on individual case say an agent just showed one property got it rented and Mm -hmm. got this one month op Mm -hmm. that might be enough uh in other cases you know the same agent spend a lot of time with the same client maybe a few more days maybe a few weeks sometimes we work a lot with the same people so in this case the client will have to compensate the rest okay so i see it as the way that you pretty much have almost two months if it's maximum 15 percent commission as you say 1.8 to just deduct one month and cover the rest. Yeah, that's a that's that's a great help. It's it's, it's more than fifty percent of the commission. Yes, sir. Right, uh, that's great to know. But circling back to your previous question, Rodolfo, if you move into a new place such as New York, which has completely different rules, I would definitely recommend using an agent. I know I might be biased because I'm an agent myself, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know your next home is going to be a place where you'll be spending every day, yeah. every night, weekends, maybe not only one year. So yeah. you definitely want to make the best deal, the best price, the best location. And also, some people wouldn't ask the questions they don't know. Because they cannot know what they do not yeah. know, right? So an agent is a, is a person who will help them to formulate the, the best questions they need to answer before moving, such as what's more important for you, you know, the size or the location, all right? And then maybe, you know, yeah. you come to the apartment and the living space is bigger because you have mm-hmm. to sacrifice the bedroom, you know? Maybe they need to ask questions about your lifestyle. Do you yeah. spend more time in the bedroom or in the living space? So, you know, there's a lot of things that only the professional agent will be able to assist you with. That's a good observation. And I like the fact that the leases are usually managed every 12 months. Mm -hmm. The average lease in New York is about three years. Mm -hmm. And if you pay a broker's fee, then you can actually see the return of investment. For example, when I moved to the city, I had no idea of where to go or what to do because New York works so differently. It's like New York is its own world, you know? It is. Anyway, I ended up using a real estate agent. Her name is Lorette Bygone. And I was very fortunate because I landed with a broker who's extremely knowledgeable. And I remember that she used to make a bunch of phone calls from her office to managers and to building representatives. I ended up getting an apartment that wasn't even on the market at the time that she got it for me. So it definitely, definitely paid off. Sounds like a great deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, four years later, I'm still living in that apartment. So, so it's, it's absolutely, it was a good investment. You know, I'm happy that I paid for it because the apartment that you get ends up reflecting on your quality of life. Right. So you want to make sure that that apartment that you select is a place in which you're going to be able to develop a good life. Right. Right. right? And that's where an agent can come in. Because everything else would stem from the quality of your life. Exactly. 
Now, I was very fortunate because I ended up finding a, an agent that, as I as we mentioned before, I told our listeners in the previous episode that about 30% of agents are really experienced and knowledgeable and committed, right. but about 70% of agents out there tend to be either new or doing this as a part-time job, right? So I offered them a couple of tips in terms of how to detect or how to tell the difference between the real estate agent that's going to really be committed to you from the one that just wants a quick paycheck. So do you have any kind of tips that you can tell our listeners in terms of how to select their agent? Uh, absolutely. But before that, I uh, just wanted to say you got a great experience with your own agent yeah. uh, and you were pretty happy to you know, get the apartment and even pay the fee. Yeah. So, But as they say, for every great experience, there's also at least one worse experience. So yeah. back in college, I studied in the UK, in England. So a friend of mine came there. He was from abroad as well from Kyrgyzstan yeah so he applied for the apartment online and they asked him to pay by himself by himself he didn't use any agent so he was doing by himself he's the type of guy who always approaches everything by himself and would rather save the money and like do stuff himself so he ended up paying one month security deposit to the apartment and then once he showed up in London it turned out that first of all the apartment did not exist second of all the landlord did not exist and third of all the uh, the money that he spent was wasted so i mean he he did find the other place afterwards but uh the money that he lost i mean technically you could consider it as the fee Uh, (laughs) he could pay to the agent but he would save tons of money and maybe wouldn't have this bad first experience in london because yeah i mean we should remember it was his first week so yeah i mean i would definitely encourage everyone to use agent just to save your nerves at least it's actually funny that you mentioned that particular story because i've heard one very similar with a friend of mine (laughs) um Uh, She's from Mexico as well. And she was telling me before I actually even came to the city, her story was that she was going to move to New York and she was very interested in living in Brooklyn, right? Do you know how Brooklyn has been super hyped for the past couple of years? Still is, still is. Still is. Everybody wants Uh. to be in Brooklyn here these (laughs) days, right? Uh, Williamsburg is a killing. I know, I know, I know. But anyway, so she saw something online and she applied for it. And her mistake was she paid the year up front. When wow. she got to the city, she followed that address. She she realized that the address wasn't even there. She had Shit. paid. Yeah, I mean, shoot. <laughs> yeah, both. <laughs> yes. I can yeah. swear it here. Yeah, you can. Okay. You can. Don't worry. We're good. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's uh, it's it's very unfortunate, you know, because you lose thousands of dollars, and there are many scammers there. A tip for our listeners would be do a little bit of due diligence. If you're dealing with a broker or an agent, and you're from abroad or in another city. Just Google that broker, you know, search for them online, see that they work in a reputable agency as well. I think that that will help you and give you a little bit of peace of mind as well. Yeah, I mean, especially nowadays, you know, in the age we live in, you know, you have Facebook, social media, everything else. I mean, if you're looking for, as Rodolfo is saying, if you're checking the reputable companies and reputable agents in those companies, spend an extra few minutes checking them online, maybe Facebook profiles, Instagram, those agents that are really serious about what they do. You'll definitely find them there, their listings, you know, their clients, things like this. So that would serve as an extra layer of protection and security because reputation, that's the most important in this business. But yeah, speaking about more tips, I mean, you already mentioned many of those in your previous episodes. Don't think that I don't listen to your podcast. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But um, yeah, uh, but other than those tips that you mentioned, I would definitely recommend just directly speaking over the phone with the person, uh, mm-hmm. with this agent, because you can get a lot from just the mere 
way of he or she talks to you. Yeah. The intentions, everything. No one can really fake that. You can really sense, you know, the main idea of this person. See if you get along with them. See if, as we say, the chemistry is the right one. Yeah. Because that's super important. Mm-hmm. And especially if you come in from abroad and your first native language might not be English, that's tons of other agents coming from abroad. You know, uh, you have people from Middle East, from China, Europe, Russia, Mexico. So they might be uh, able to speak your language. And, yeah. You know, that definitely helps. I have a lot of clients from like everywhere. So as you were saying, they speak a few languages. So those, those skills definitely help. I like that. I like that a lot because, you know, oftentimes people that are coming from abroad whose primary language is not English yeah. don't feel that comfortable you know, maybe elaborating the questions that they want to ask you right? because they cannot formulate them well enough, right? Yeah. And so acknowledging, like, you know what, if my primary language is Spanish or Russian or Chinese, knowing that there's a lot of agents that speak your own language. Yeah, right? it's the same mentality. And also, not only they speak the same language, they might be coming directly from your background and they know, like, for instance, here the legal framework in the United States is different, say, than say from you know China or Russia means we can trust more here. Yeah. But like if we're coming from abroad, we still have the habits of checking everywhere and everything yeah. before, right? So sometimes you know if you come from Russia, for instance, like myself, you can also explain that this doesn't make sense for you to double check all the legal, uh, you know, proceedings yeah. procedures. Why don't you spend this time checking more of the apartments? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or for instance, in some cultures, because there is no legal framework, you have to know the landlord first. It means you need to invest a lot of time in building these relations first. Yeah. And I keep explaining, you don't have to do this here. I mean, just try to find the best apartment and then we'll arrange the rest. Yeah, I love that you said <laughs> that. It's so funny because with my story, when I initially got the lease for the first time, uh-huh. I'm coming from Mexico. I was reading the lease word by word and like, right. you know, uh, scratching things <laughs> yeah. and, and proposing that we put uh-huh. another sentence there okay. instead of okay. this. And you're right. After a while, you realize like, that's not how things are done here. Yeah. You know, landlords in New York tend to own many buildings, right? right. Oftentimes, they're not going to be willing to make changes to the lease. They're going to exactly. say like... New York standard, New York City standard lease. Yeah. You cannot change the word. Exactly. Like they're not going to be amenable to changing the wording just because that's how things are done here. Right. Right. So that's a really good observation. I hadn't even thought about that, but, but it's a, it's a, it's a really good, it's, uh, it's a really good observation. Yeah, it's uh, inheritance. Yeah, it's it's also trying to avoid a cultural clash. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's it's a cultural clash. It's it a, is. I mean, people come here from abroad. They bring their own legal teams. They bring yeah. their own mentality. They bring their their own ways of you know doing things. That's yeah. why uh, it's expected. But you know, as professional agents, <laughs> we can kind of uh, yeah. you know do the angle. So, by the way, so you mentioned that you speak over five languages or around yeah. five languages. Right. Which are those five languages? Um, so, Russian is my native language. Okay. And then my two foreign languages used to be French and English in okay. the school. And then after I picked up some Spanish and Chinese. Because mm, okay. I lived in those countries. <laughs> so, <laughs> ¿así que podemos continuar esta, esta entrevista en español o no? Sí, claro que sí, no problema. Pero no estoy segura que tu uh, audiencia yeah. puede comprar. Bueno. Yeah, I agree. Let's continue in English. Um, any any Anything else, Alex, that you would like to share with our listeners Right. Today? So, yeah, maybe a little bit, again, elaborate on the, the the economy of renting here, right? So some people would be thinking, 
whether I should invest this money and pay for the agent or like just do myself without any you know commission. Yeah. Especially since I'm managing my team now, I have to explain this to new agents that join my team a lot. Yeah. So they say, why would anyone go with me as an agent if they can do these things by themselves? Yeah. And so I always say that probably the first reason is to, as you say, not to get into those mistakes, like rent, renting the bed apartment mm. or renting the apartment that's not going to be great for them. And then the second thing is you're saving tons of time. If you can even save one day of life to someone here, you already appreciate it as, as an agent. And also the third thing, as you were saying, you found a place that was not even listed, right? On yeah. the market like this. Uh, so great agent would definitely get you something that is not mass produced, uh, something maybe yeah. not a cookie cutter, something different. So obviously like everyone who's uh, listening to a podcast is definitely thinking about renting the apartment. So there are so many reasons why you should do it with an agent as opposed to, you know, just searching yeah. by yourself and hunting by yourself. It's funny that you bring that up because for me, stepping into working with a real estate agent really helped me because they really open up a lot of doors, a lot of right. possibilities, right? right? They showed me an apartment that wasn't even in the market. I remember that when they showed it to me, yeah. they showed it to me maybe at 8 p.m. Okay. And they were actually painting it. So oh, it was still in the, under renovation. It was under renovation and nobody had advertised it yet. Again, it was my agent's nurturing of relationships. Right. That allowed her to show me this, right? Wow. And and so I appreciate you bringing that up because that's yeah. absolutely yeah. true. And also, I mean, not only showing you the most aesthetically pleasing apartments, the agent can always squeeze out the best terms on your behalf. Like this morning, I got yeah. I got a deal where I managed to save my clients almost one hundred fifty dollars per month, mm -hmm. right? And it was a no fee apartment because, as you say, we're in the lower season right now. Yeah, starts covering our fees. That's beautiful. Yeah, but uh, for them, for them, <laughs> <laughs> for all the renters listening right now, it's, low season is the best time to rent, of course. Right, right. You know, so if you manage to save someone one fifty dollars per month, that means almost two. 2k two thousand dollars per year yeah, wow. so if you approach it from this perspective you would rather pay an agent his or her fee but have tons of money saved especially if you stay in this apartment for longer than you know 12 months then you try to get everything by yourself and then obviously landlords they will know that yeah you're renting by yourself you don't have enough experience and you might end up paying more so rather than spending 200 or 150 more a month an agent can help you reduce that price, reduce price, right? And keep paying that same low price for the next four years. Four years. Because we didn't mention this before, but we probably talked about this before with your audience. Go here, prices go up two, three, four, five percent every year. Yeah. And if you have the lower base, say Rodolfo is an agent managed to get an apartment for five thousand, but it used to be five thousand and a half, right? Yeah. So it means next year instead of having 5% or 3%, whatever, on 5,000 and a half, they can only have a 5,000 plus 5%. Yeah. It's much better. And you will sense the difference, especially after a few years' time, there's going to be a massive gap. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. So we haven't covered yet on this podcast, okay. but we're about to cover in a couple of episodes, guys, if you're listening into this. I want to cover price increases that you can expect year through year and the high season versus low season. Just as a quick sneak peek into that episode, the difference that you can expect in terms of the price in the apartment on the low season versus the high season is about a 10 to a 15% increase in price. For example, an apartment that's renting out for about $2,000 a month mm -hmm. can go maybe even to $2,300 easily. 
that's something that you can expect in terms of the difference in pricing between the low season and the high season. But we're going to cover that another time. Alex, anything else that you'd like to share? Mm, always remember the neighborhood you want to be in because all the neighborhoods are different and say you allocate some budget. Say there are two roommates, they have 4,000. Mm-hmm. So, and you're kind of hesitating between East Village and Upper East Side. And you're thinking, okay, what's important for me? If it's space, what's important for you? Space and having better equipped apartment, maybe with washer and drying unit, maybe with nice stainless, stainless steel appliances. Mm-hmm. I would recommend going to Upper East. But if you say that space is not really important for you, it's more about the vibes around you and great places, you know, great hype around pubs, bars, restaurants, stuff like this, yeah. you might end up in this village. You'll be paying the same. You're going to have smaller apartment. You're going to have older building, but you're going to have the best neighborhood around you. You know what I mean? So it's more about yeah. vibes versus pragmatic uh, utilitarian approach. Yeah, there's, there's usually three major factors that people take into account. Of course, we all have different needs, but mm-hmm. it's usually price, size, and location. location. Right. And I think that just to add to your point, it's a matter of people being able to prioritize. Right. You know, if if you had to choose two out of the three, which ones would you choose? Is location the most important thing to you? Is it price or is it the size? Of course, everybody wants all three. All three. Right. Um, everybody wants the biggest and the best for the lowest and price. And the cheapest, but everybody would probably end up having two out of three in the best case. Yeah. Something like this. Yeah, I agree. There's always going to have to be some sort of compromise. Right. So, I mean, you know, if it's a great big apartment for a great price, probably you'd expect it to be further away, say, at Yar or somewhere. Not exactly uh, the the best spot in the center. But if it's exactly in the center and you have the same great, you know, size of the apartment, expect to pay more as the rent. So, you know, it's a tripod. So as a food for thought, guys, if you had to compromise either size, price, or location, which one would you compromise? And which of the three is the most important to you? During the next episode, we're going to have a special interview with real estate agent Shirley Heller. It's a very special interview. You won't want to miss this one. On another note, if you want to contact Alexander because you like what he had to say today, know that you can always reach him. You can look at his information on the description of this podcast. Alexander, Alex, thank you so much for being thank here Thank you so today. much, Rodolfo. Mucho gusto. Uh, yeah, it was, it was really <laughs> it was nice. Fun. It was really nice uh, doing this podcast with Thanks, you. Man. We Thanks, really man. appreciate it. I enjoyed it a lot. And best of luck to you guys. Again, Alexander is one of the top producers at GCB Realty New York. During our next episode, we're going to have a very special interview with a real estate international expert, Shirley Heller. Shirley has extensive knowledge of Manhattan and certain areas of Brooklyn and Queens, and she has a lot of tips as to how you should approach your search. Until then... Thanks, man. Have a good one, (laughs) man. Bye-bye.